Welcome to another exciting show of The Rock Show. This is episode 180, 180 of these, Mike. We're, we're down to like 20 more we, we, before we reach 200. I know. And Man, today, it's been four years of this. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's, has it been that long? Yeah, March 2019. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So today we have a very special, special show. We're talking about Terry Reed. Yeah, not Terry Reed. Reed, but Terry no. Reed. <laughs> Terry Reed, right, right, right. Well, what can I say about Terry Reed? Um, the guy is you, 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 a lot of people may not have heard of him, but people in the music business have a lot of respect for the guy. Uh, he has a large cult following, he's a British yeah. guitar player, singer, songwriter. Uh, he's been around for Jesus, like 60 years now. Okay, uh, very influential, especially in the 60s and 70s, um, to British blues, British rock, uh, yeah, you know. And I mean, his one of his biggest claims to fame is kind of like strange because it's what he didn't do as a musician. Okay, Terry Reed was supposed to be the singer of Led Zeppelin. Wow. And he actually turned it down, and I'll get into that story with more detail. Uh, but you might think that that was a mistake. Um, I don't think he does. And uh, Robert Plant has even said that uh, he should have been the singer. So I mean, it's wow. you know, it's kind of funny. But but uh, you know, he has a, a, a large cult following. Uh, by the time this show is up, he uh, would have done another show here in new york city which i might be attending hopefully um he's just somebody that that i think you know if, if you're interested in rock and roll and the roots of it and stuff he's somebody that you you have to pay attention to so uh without further ado let's get into it right yeah let's start with um his humble beginnings right now he was born terence james reed on november 13th 1949 uh, it was in the Huntingdonshire section of England, uh, which is about 50 miles north of London. After leaving school at the age of 15, he joined the instrumental band called Peter J. and the Jaywalkers. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 
Peter J spotted him actually. Uh, Peter J was the drummer of the band, and uh, he he spotted him playing for a local band called the Red Beats at the time that he was in, and asked him to join. Um, the Jay Walkers had just had some success two years earlier with a song called Can Can 62, which was kind of like, a, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the typical Can Can song, but it was done, right, right, right. But it was done, you know, rock and roll style produced by the infamous Joe Meek of, uh, also known as the British Phil Spector in some ways. Uh, we may be doing a show on him soon too, as well. Um, they were basically an instrumental band, Peter J and the Jay Walkers. Uh, yeah. and then Terry joined up, he replaced the guitar player and he joined up. Now he got more public attention in 1966 with the band when they were asked to support the Rolling Stones on a UK tour. Okay. Uh, it was a tour of about 23 shows from September to October of 66, uh, wow. Quite a few other people were on this this bill. You had Ike and Tina Turner, uh, and you also had the Yardbirds on some of these gigs as well, these 23 shows. So it was quite a showcase for him and the Jaywalkers. Uh, people were starting to notice this this like amazing guitar player that could also sing too. Uh, I think it's, I think by 66, they had gotten into like some songs with vocals on them and things like that as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, now, there was a concert at the Royal Albert Hall that Graham Nash of the Hollies became friends with Reed and yeah. suggested that the Jaywalkers sign up with uh, the UK version of Columbia Records, which was actually a division of uh, EMI to record with. Uh, he had a producer named John Burgess who had worked with uh, Freddie and the Dreamers and Manfred Mann and a few other acts. Now, they did sign with Columbia, and their first single was called The Hand Don't Fit the Glove. And it was a very soul-inspired kind of song with Terry singing. He has a very soulful voice. Uh, it became you a minor hit. created the OJ? <laughs> the glove don't fit? I never even yeah. knew that. Yeah, he was, was, right. he was predicting the OJ 25 years earlier. Johnny Cochran was a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Hand Don't Fit the Glove. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was a minor UK hit in 1967. But what was happening is by the time it started to get a little steam, the band was breaking up. That was the end of uh. it. Now Terry Reed came to the attention of producer Mickey Most, who became his manager and was partnered with Peter Grant of future Led Zeppelin fame. Okay. Yeah. Uh his first single with Mickey most was a song called better by far. Uh, it became her favorite kind of on the radio. It did it got some airplay, but the full album, which was called bang, bang, your Terry Reed failed yeah. commercially. It didn't do well in 68. Terry went on a U.S. tour with cream and that did a lot to raise his profile as a musician and guitar player, songwriter, all that. Uh, he was accompanied by organist Peter Solly and drummer Keith Webb. The last show of the tour, which was at the Miami Pop Festival, garnered a lot of positive reviews for Terry Reed. Uh, he got the attention of the American music press, and uh, they were starting to write about him. 
Now, Reed's song, a song called Without Expression, that appeared on the album Bang Bang, your Terry Reed, was written when Terry was 14 years old. It yeah. was recorded later, uh, not too long after, by the Hollies in 68. And then it was um, it was called, it wasn't called Without Expression. It was called A Man With No Expression when they recorded it. Later in 69, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, okay, Graham Nash, if you remember from the Hollies, joined Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and recorded yeah. it as a song called Horses Through a Rainstorm. Same song, just a different title. And it was supposed to be on the album Deja Vu, which was a smash for them, okay? But it was replaced last minute by the Stephen Stills song, Carry On. So it didn't make that album. Uh, it would be released much later on like a deluxe set that came out um, of Deja Vu. They would put it on there. Now, Oreo Speedwagon, okay, recorded the song Without Expression in 1973. It was called Without Expression, Don't Be the Man in parentheses. And also, John Mellencamp recorded it for his greatest hits album, The Best That I Could Do, 78 to 88. Uh, Jimmy Page at the time was in the Yardbirds and was also managed by Peter Grant. Okay. Now, he became very interested in Reed's work. Um, and when the Yardbirds were disbanded, and then he put together what was called the New Yardbirds, which yeah. very quickly would, would, would morph into Led Zeppelin. Okay, we've done shows on this. Um, he asked Terry Reed if he would, you know, be part of the band and, and, and be the lead vocalist. What was wow. happening was, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean, if you look at back, if you look back at what that meant, that's huge. Okay, but at the time, nobody knew the New Yardbirds were going to turn into anything. Okay. Yeah. But, but, and, and Jimmy Page was a, uh, a well respected sessions musician who spent a year and a half or so in the, in the, in the Yardbirds before this happened. Well respected musician, but he's not, you know, he wasn't the Jimmy Page he is today. Uh, so there was no way of knowing what was going to happen. And Terry Reed had actually committed to two U.S. tours at the time. One with the Stones, opening for them, and one opening wow. for Cream again. Okay, so he said to Jimmy, he said, listen, I'll, I'll work with you if you can compensate me on what I'm going to lose on these two tours. And I also want you to give Keith Richards a phone call and explain what this is all about, basically, what, what, why I can't be part of the Stones tour. I mean, if you think about it, the Stones at that time was were huge. They were just coming back to America, and yeah. he was going to be part of that. So, you know, he kind of felt like, all right, I'll take this chance, but I got to be compensated. Well, you know, Page couldn't do that. He wasn't in a position to do it. So it never happened, and Jimmy Page would – at, at, at Reed's suggestion, look up Robert Plant, okay, um, who had been in the group called Band of Joy. And he also suggested John Bonham to, wow. to, uh, to Jimmy as well, who was also in that band. Um, if you think about that and the fact that Jimmy Page actually went with those two other guys, John Paul Jones on bass was another guy he knew um, – 
as a session musician. So really, Terry Reed is responsible for putting together Led Zeppelin. Pretty much. I think so. I would I would give him credit for that. So um, he pretty much put he probably led everybody together. Yeah, I mean, he said, "Check out this band of joy," and you got John Bonham and 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 Robert Plant, and you know, I think he already had John Paul Jones, so that was the band right there. Interestingly enough, Reed also rejected an offer from Richie Blackmore to replace the departing Rod Evans of Deep Purple. Wow! So he could have been in Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin, and he didn't do it. What happened to yeah? What, what? why does this guy always say not to stuff? He just didn't have the time, or well, he, I mean, he was very. I mean, he was he was he was committed to these two U.S. tours. Okay, yeah, and and again, t- you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Nobody knew what was going to materialize had he joined the New Yardbirds. Okay, Deep Purple, you know, they they were they were big. Uh, he he just didn't want to join them. I guess you know he had. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he had his own career that he was really trying to get going, and he just didn't want to be part of a band atmosphere, I think. That's the impression yeah. I get, you know? That's, the, so, that's what I'm getting, too. Yeah, like he just likes to be on his own, control his own music and, yeah, and all that. Yeah, his own destiny. That makes right, sense, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with that. So in yeah. 1969, Reed supported British tours, most notably uh, was with Jethro Tull, and Fleetwood Mac, very early Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Reed, Solly, and Webb toured with the Stones on their 69 American tour. However, he was not at the infamous Rolling Stones Altamont show where, you know, they had the, the murder, the Hells Angels, all that stuff. Yeah. He was not at that show in December in, on the West Coast. Um, in December of 69, Reed had a falling out with producer Mickey Most, who wanted Reed to become a pop ballad singer. Okay, he kind of, Mickey Most was starting to get into this pop, rock and roll pop kind of sensibilities. So uh, then he would go on to produce. Before, right? Yeah, yeah, with the sweet and, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the name came up. I said, why do I know this? That's, that yeah. don't make sense. It's coming to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's a, he was a well-to-do, well-respected producer, uh, yeah. But he had a, a falling out with him because he wanted to take Terry Reed in this pop direction, which um, and sing ballad type stuff, which he really, you know, yeah. he sang his fair share of slow songs, but but he didn't want to be that kind of singer. Um, no. He decided while in litigation with Mickey Most, because they ended up going to court, uh, he decided to concentrate on live performances. He played more shows with the Stones, including Mick Jagger and Bianca Jagger's wedding in St. Tropez in 1971. He was unable to record because he was in litigation with Mickey Most. So he worked mostly in the U.S. with the occasional live show in the U.K. during this period. Now, he took part at an Isle of Wight festival in 1970, also the Atlanta International Pop Festival, and was filmed at the Glazenberry Festival in 1971. You can see that footage on YouTube. Uh, that same year, he was signed by Ahmet Erdogan of uh, Atlantic Records with his band consisting of David Lindley, Lee Miles, and Alan White. Uh, they began recording in the UK, but they later switched to the United States. Alan White left 
to join Yes, and Lindley would leave to go work with uh, Jackson Brown on a tour. However, Lee Miles would remain with him and be a loyal sidekick for many years to come after that. Other musicians on this album, which would be called River, included Conrad Isidore on drums and Willie Bobo on percussion, produced by Terry Reed himself and engineered by Tom Dowd and mixed by Eddie Offord. This third album was released in 1973 and received favorable reviews, but failed commercially. Didn't do too good. These so recording sessions. Right, he's getting great reviews, but the, none of the albums of they all failed so I, far. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they really. I, I don't know what it is with him in this period. Um, I think he was known as a great live act, but it didn't translate to sales. I think that's Maybe where he should have done a live album. Oh, well, he does eventually. Okay, he does. Yes, okay, that, you know what? But, yeah, but you know, I think that it did. It wasn't translating into record sales, unfortunately. Not really sure why. Sometimes bands fall into this. It's just a, a weird thing. So, well, Mike, you ever see a guy that's a really good performer? Like you see him, but then you listen to the album and it's like, ah, it's not the same thing. That's probably what he's suffering for. It's better. He's a live band. I got that you hear on the radio. You know, some some people, um, I guess one band I could think of off the top of my head from years ago was like the Grateful Dead. Okay. Yeah. You know, really just known for their live shows. I mean, they're known for certain albums as well, but 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 really, I, th I think the experience with the dead was a live show. Okay, it was a live show. Yeah, you know, and 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 that whole experience. And I think Terry Reed was kind of like a smaller version of that. Uh, at least at this period, he wasn't selling a lot of records, but he was well respected in the industry. So he kind of fit this little niche that he could yeah. make his money touring and kind of put out these albums but not have to worry too much about sales now these recording sessions for river were very extensive he had a lot of sessions a lot of songs and they came out in 2016 as all, all these sessions together in a deluxe set called the other side of the river it's cool to check it out now over the next decade Reed would switch labels a lot, okay, often looking for kind of like a winning combination. And finally, an album called Seed of Memory was released by ABC Records in 1976. It was produced by his old friend Graham Nash, okay. And to me, it's, it's one of his finest albums, which included probably his most well-known songs, uh, To Be Treated, is a song uh, to be treated right. I'm sorry. And Brave Awakening. Okay, it's another great tune that's on that album. Now, the label ABC actually went bankrupt the week this album was released. Okay, which actually had, just as a side note, it had a big effect in the industry. Um, around the same time the Ramones were on Sire, they released their first album in 76 and it uh it was distributed by abc and they went under okay wow so it had effect on distributing that album as well uh but abc was was a was a label that went bankrupt that week um now rogue waves 
would be his next record. And it was produced by Chris Kimsey for Capitol Records this time in 1979. It was here that Reed retired from his solo career for a while, starting in 1981. He wanted to concentrate on session work. And he appeared on albums by Don Henley, Jackson Brown, and Bonnie Raitt. And he would do this pretty much through the next 10 years or so. In 1991, he would return to his career with producer Trevor Horn, if you remember him from The Buggles, okay, yeah. uh, for the album called The Driver on WEA Records. Uh, the album featured a cover of Gimme Some Lovin', which also appeared in the Tom Cruise movie Days of Thunder on that soundtrack. Wow. Now, yeah, so that was a big that was a big thing for him to be on that soundtrack, okay? It's around this time in the early 90s uh, that he was starting to get recognized more within the industry. Uh, people that were kind of like, you know, in charge of things were starting to recognize him finally as a, you know, as a great yeah, musician. Yeah, yeah. And people will, you know, he had done great session work with a lot of big time people for 10 years prior, even that. And he was already 20 years in the game when he started that. So he really hung on and, and really got a name for himself by this time. Now in the nineties, he toured the U S and Hong Kong with ex rolling stone member, Mick Taylor. He put together. Wow. Yeah. He put together an, an informal group in March of 1993, calling themselves the flu. Okay. F L E W uh, members included Terry Reed, Joe Walsh, Nikki Hopkins, Rick Roses, and Phil Jones. They ended up doing one show, okay, at the Coach House in uh, in San Juan Capistrano. This was Nikki Hopkins' last public performance before his passing. All right, mm. uh, Nikki Hopkins, the great piano player, worked with the Stones and many others. Uh, great person that we may do a show on one day soon. Very important person. Um, there's actually, I think, a documentary in the making right now about him as well. Ooh, so nice. keep an eye out for that. In late 2002, Reed returned to the UK with longtime bassist Lee Miles in tow for three shows at the WOMAD Festival near Reading in England. It was his first live show in years. Okay, And in 2005, he returned again for London shows at the 100 Club, Ronnie Scott's, uh venue okay and uh one of these venues even billed him as the man with the hell of a story to tell okay <laughs> That's a great name. which is true which is true aptly aptly titled now this began a yearly run of uk shows that continue to this day for appearances at festivals at the london shows reed was in a full band okay and other venues uh he played include the Jazz Cafe, the Borderline, and Dingwalls, the famous Dingwalls. Yeah. Since 2009, Reed's favorite London venue has been Ronnie Scott's. Okay, and he's had many residencies there, playing for several nights in a row. In 2012, his live album called Live in London was recorded at Ronnie Scott's and featured no overdubs, no remixes. It was just recorded and released raw 
okay, uh, which was great. And between 2002 and 2012, Reed played the Glastonbury Festival several times and many other festivals as well, including the one at the Isle of Wight and the Rhythm Festival, okay? Reed's UK gigs often attracted many of the British musicians who would often jam with him on stage. Now, during this period, EMI produced the Super Lungs box set, which was a nickname for him, Super Lungs, okay? Uh, it was it was a set of his first two albums and all the sessions for them recorded between 1966 and 1970. Wow, Finally, Seed of Memory and River became available on CD at that time. And a new live album called Alive was released on Sanctuary Records. This live album had actually been available for some time. Okay, uh, Reed was... Reed had recorded it himself and had made about 200 copies that he used to used to hawk at shows, in particular oh, the, uh, the Womad 2002 Festival. So that, that was an old show, but he put it out officially and it did very well. Around this time, um, he began a residency at The Joint in Los Angeles. Uh, this became known as Big Mondays, and it ran for four years with many friends dropping in to join People like Robert Plant, Keith Richards, Bobby Walmack, Roger Daltrey, Eric Burden, and also our friend Roxanne Fontana has seen him many times at that spot in LA. Wow. Okay, she was telling me that recently. Now, his song Dean from the River album, okay, was used in the film Crim The Criminal, released in 2001. In 2003, he teamed up with that film's producer, Chris Johnson who convinced Terry Reed to tour the U.S. and the U.K. more often. He became Reed's business advisor, and he kind of turned his career around for the, for the better. Uh, he for started better, booking right. tours, you know, and, and worked on releasing his back catalog of music and got three songs, Seed of Memory, To Be Treated Right, and Brave Awakening in the Rob Zombie movie, The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I don't know if you great. remember. His, I don't know if you remember those three songs. They're kind of yeah. promptly shown in the film. Uh, this opened up Reed to a whole new audience being on that soundtrack. Okay, uh, I knew who he was before that. I knew about Seed of Memory, but when I got that contract, uh, I'm sorry, soundtrack, um, which is an excellent soundtrack, The Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Um, it got me good. thinking about Terry Reed, and I, you know, I kind of became a fan again after that. Now, since that time, his career has included songs in other films and larger U.S. and U.K. tours, where he still remains very popular. Uh, at the time of shooting this, like I said, he's kind of on like a New York tour. He's playing Woodstock. He's playing New Jersey. He's playing the Cutting Room in New York City. A few other places i think in the northeast so wow. go to terryreed.com he's got all that up now while older artists like robert plant and jimmy page still sing the praises of terry reed newer generation people like uh jack white from the white stripes they he's oh, yeah. recorded some of his music as well uh with his band the recontos um now, as of this podcast, like I said, he's he's playing some shows. I, I I think everybody should go out and check him out. He's about eighty. He's in his eighties right now. Uh, 
I think he's about 80. What, what, what year was he born? Uh, oh, he's not 80 yet. He's, 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 he's 74. 70, he's about 74. Yeah. Yeah, he was born in, um, in 49. 49. Yeah. So check him out. Uh, I, th I think, you know, I, his name has come up with a lot of people that um, I've been friends with on Facebook over the years and say, oh, yeah. you should do a show on Terry Reed. Terry Reed's great. And I'm glad we finally did this. Uh, he's just one of these people that, you know, not totally well known, but he's had this amazing career. And of course, he's, he's kind of known for what he didn't do, <laughs> joining Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> but check this out, Mike. He's still touring. Think about it. He's still yeah. playing music. His, his, his own life. Living out of it, so yeah. How bad I, I can it deep, be? Deep respect for him. You know, deep respect for him. So that's all I got for you today, Mr. Rossi. Terry Reed. Um, right, Mike. So how can people reach you if they want to ask you a question about the show or a question about yeah. music? What's the best way yeah, to reach I'm, you? I'm, I'm all over social media. You can find me on Facebook under Rocco Mike. They won't let me be Rocker Mike. Rocko Mike. We also have the Facebook, uh, the the the, uh, the Rock Show podcast group page on Facebook, which is growing by leaps and bounds every week, doing oh, very well. I post a lot of music on there. A lot of other people do. It's a lot of fun. I'm on Instagram as Rocker Mike Two One Two. I'm on Twitter as Rocker Mike Two One Two. I am on MeWe as Rocker Mike. Clout Hub as Rocker Mike, Truth Social, and Getter as Rocker Mike. Uh, Paula does not exist anymore. Did you hear about that? Oh, what happened to Paula? Paula got taken down by their new owners. Uh, I was Rocker Mike on there as well. Uh, it's down. You can't post on it. They have new owners that are like figuring out what to do with it. They didn't like the, the old format. Uh, Kanye West was supposed to buy Paula, but that never happened. Okay. And next week, we're going to talk about that guy right there we just showed, George Jones, right? That's going to be up soon, right? Yeah, that'll be up soon. That's in the May the May show. So by the time this is up, that's May. already been up. Yeah, yeah, it will be up. So where can All we right, find you, Rob? So, oh, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on the Rock of Mike and Rob um, Fan page on Facebook, so go there because it keeps growing. We're close to uh, we're closing into 2000. Um, Rock, the Rock Show group, page, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Rock Show group page, so it's doing good. And pretty much that, that's a page that we only talk about music, nothing else, just music. That's what we What's want. Music? And it's a pretty good page. The community, is. the community is pretty good so far doing that. Yeah, yeah, everybody's uh, keep it to the rules and, and just having a good time on that. I like it. Yeah, have a good time. All right, man. So, people, remember, don't get drunk. Get lumped up. We'll see you next week. Take care, people. I want to get lumped up tonight. Show.